0: Featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo. With your host, Patrick Moran.
1: If you are listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube, typical Tuesday morning, hopefully, how you doing? If you are one of the few that are still up late on a Monday night, literally about to hit Tuesday morning. Welcome to Talk of Buffalo. We're taping this live on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook right now. Um, the Tuesday show. I am joined by my good friend, writer, podcaster, somebody who's had a very, very long Monday here. My man Joe Yerden. Been gone for a couple of weeks. How you doing, buddy? Uh- Doing, doing all right,
2: man. Yeah. Today's been, today's been a long one. There's a uh, little bit of news uh, around the, around the old ring today, I guess. There's all <laughs> kinds of just covering the entire spectrum of, of stuff going on. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. We're closing out the day strong.
1: It's uh, it's good to have you back. So a couple of weeks ago, I, I think you went up to Toronto maybe to, I think it was Toronto yep. for, for a game. That was, mm-hmm. and then uh, last week I was in Florida. So uh, no show, but good to have you back. Like I said, um, usually we tape the show. For Tuesday sometime early Monday or like Monday afternoon, I should say, but this was a, uh, to your point, a very eventful Buffalo Sabres. They, by the way, we'll talk a little bit later, some a uh, little bit of Buffalo new or Buffalo bills anyway. Mm-hmm. And I got a Lamar Jackson question for you that I know you're going to, uh, I think you're going to enjoy that anyway. So but we'll, we'll get to that stuff um, in a few minutes. The Sabres, the game tonight, now you're hearing this on Tuesday and a very exciting, although disappointing finish uh, against Montreal. A, mm-hmm. a, a, I don't want to say a season crushing because that might have already happened, but certainly a playoff crushing loss. But anyway, bef- also tonight was a uh, pride night mm-hmm. for the Buffalo Sabers, And news today, Let, you know what? Let's actually, before, before we, uh, we'll start there. Let's just dive right into it because there's going to be a, Like I said, a lot to talk to about the Sabres Mm -hmm. right now. Um, So Labushkin didn't take part in Pride or Pride Night. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And and we knew that was coming. Well, at least a lot of people did anyway. Um, Didn't warm up in the the uniform before the game. He cited uh, fair retribution back in Russia, you know, with the anti-gay Kremlin laws. Mm -hmm. And I want to get your take. But I also want to point out, too, that you wrote a really good piece on this um, earlier on Monday on your noted hockey substack regarding uh, this matter. I want to read an excerpt that you said, and then I also want to. Uh, I'll show it on the on the screen. You said, "Along with being a straight white," and this is your words here. Along with being a straight white middle aged dude, I am also an American. I don't know what it's like to be Russian, or what it's like to live in a place with repressive leadership to such a degree, it even creates an aura where danger could be brought about from anywhere for defying what the leader believes. And then you also had another excerpt. I'm going to pull it up here on the screen. I, I'm, I got new buddies on here, by the way, that's why I'm kind of hesitating here. Okay. You happen to be watching us on the YouTube side. I want to read this excerpt and then I want to get a, an overall take from you on this matter. And, and again, this excellent article that you posted on noted hockey. You said, I'm not Labushkin and how he feels about the situation is clear. If he wanted to speak on it, he would, but the idea of fear of reprisal is not something I can begin to lecture about. I don't live his life. I don't have kids to think about, and I don't know how I would handle that threat. I understand there's a lot about how it's not a real threat; and it's a cover, and maybe it is. But those would, those who would use it as such, have to live with that. But if he says he feels endangered by his government, who am I to tell him he's not me? The white middle-aged American male is going to tell him I don't believe him. No chance. I take someone at their word until they prove to me that I don't need to do it ever again. I refer to Akposo again about this, and then going back to your article, mm-hmm. uh, you covered some of what um, Kyle said earlier on Monday. Just talk about being you were there today at the arena mm-hmm. and tonight, obviously. Talk about you know just this whole event and how it how it played out in your eyes. Yeah,
2: it was it was a day that I think all of us were expecting there to be something.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you know, obviously with you know with a with a Russian player on the roster, you have to think like, well, there's a possibility he might opt out of this because because that it's just it is it is what it is mm-hmm. um, and we've seen some russian players around the league that that said well, we don't care we're, we're still going to do it which I, hey listen that's their again that's their prerogative that's that's it is again it is what it is i you know and i understand i i mean i i understand as much as i can uh the the view on it from people that say like this is it's bs it's not what he actually believes it's a you know just, you know, just basically saying like he's full of crap and yeah. he just, you know, doesn't want to support it, which I mean, you know, listen, if that's the case, I mean, he's got to live with it, but you know what I, you know, what I know of him and what I've seen from him this year. And again, we don't know actually what these guys are about, like, you know, how they are in their personal lives, how they are away from the rank. We know what we see up in front, in front of us, you know, like what's there for us to, to witness. Um, and what I see from him is a is a very kind guy. Um, you know, I've seen him at the rink with his kids running around, like you know, very you know, sweet dad, family man kind of guy. And you know, I see that, and I you know, I I think of what it's like for again. You know, I'm not a parent; I don't have that view. You know, I don't have that kind of perspective. So you know, maybe I'm speaking out of turn with that. But um, but you know, knowing how my parents were and how I see my friends who are parents and how they act, you know, they'll do anything to make sure their kids are safe. And, you know, if, if, if there's ever a threat to, you know, to your kids, you're going to do whatever you can to protect them. So that's what I see with that uh, with him. That's, and that's what I, that's what I take from it. And, you know, listen, I, we don't, we don't know what it's like, right. You know, there's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's broken and wrong in this country, but, And there's, you know, there's some places where things are getting a lot worse than they are getting better, but we don't know, you know, we don't have people getting, you know, swept up and taken away places or, you know, people getting pushed out of, you know, out of windows and poisoned and all that, all that kind of stuff that we, that we read about coming out of there. But I, it's, it's very hard for me to to bury somebody when I don't know in their heart, what they, what they actually feel. You know, yeah. If I, if I kill him for for ducking this, you know, wh- what if it's it's a hundred percent true? What if you know, what if there's some you know kind of nonsense going on, and that's what it is. If he, it, you know, if he does feel the other way, then like, you know, hey, you know, maybe I'm naive. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. But we're told it's one way. I have to take him at his, at his word until it's not the truth. Then I can just be like, all right, man, well, you lied, and then that's that, and. I don't have to pay attention to you ever again but i for what it is it's just you know it it, i can't get caught up in thinking well what if it's not that because that's that turns into that turns into an argument that goes nowhere and you have zero proof of it and it's just you know it's barroom
1: nonsense what resonated with me the most about your article and again i'm not just saying it because you're my guest and you're on my show right now i really highly recommend people go check out noted hockey just for this article alone it is free to read by the way so it's, oh you made it's, it free it's open for everybody yeah well there you go that's now definitely going
0: <laughs> if you
2: want to leave if you want to leave a comment on it well you're going to have to pay for a subscription
1: <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness man what what really resonated with me the most about your article is you saying who are you to judge somebody when you don't know them and this is what this is the problem with with social media and I'm guilty of it too, by the way, I do it all the time. You know, I judge people sometimes too often without knowing that person. Now, if you're the Bushka's boy, you probably know the truth. You know, maybe, maybe he legitimately is afraid of retribution in Russia, or maybe he just believe doesn't believe in it and and he refuses to endorse it. Okay. But who are you to know, or to, to offer an opinion on something that you don't know? You know what I'm saying, and and mm-hmm. too many of us, and again, including myself, I'm not burying Twitter without burying myself as well or or Facebook. Mm-hmm. you just you don't know you know and, and and it's tough and and you do and and I like what you wrote you have to take somebody at their word if you don't know until they give you a reason not to and especially you know i've never I've never been within five feet of a guy, let alone covered mm-hmm. the team now this season like you have so you you've had at least some interactions with them and comes across yeah. like you said, as a pretty genuine kind guy
3: mm-hmm.
1: i don't know I, I just feel like that's the attitude that uh people should take and there was a a lot of there was a, i don't want to say a lot but there was enough of burying him without you know yeah. he's a liar isn't really like do you know the dude yeah. Do you know his family do you know do you know how things are how can you relate to something like that it's like it's like sometimes joe you know, when there's you know whether it's stuff involving women or, or race or stuff like that it's like you can you can have empathy for people but you don't really understand and know what it's like if you're not in those shoes you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying yeah so it's,
2: it's it's the thing i mean and the thing with i mean this has been going on all over hockey you know with with pride nights and it started with philadelphia and Ivan Provorov who mm-hmm. basically said uh not only I mean, he, he he's russian but he didn't really Care so much about the Russian side of it. He's he's like I'm Russian Orthodox, and that's why I don't right. stand up for that. So it's a religious. It's on the religious grounds of it, which you know uh, people have some very curious interpretations of scripture and, and see things the way they want to do it. But um but you know we, we have enough players that have decided to put that up as the reason why they don't support it. Which is, I mean, for me, it's bonkers to to act that way because I you know apparently apparently what I learned in Catholic school growing up changed somewhere along the ways i don't know um but uh but you know with with james reimer or you know eric and mark stall like these guys said you know it's against my beliefs well okay but that has nothing to do with somebody trying to live their life and and not be you know screw you know not be uh attacked for it not you know not you know marginalized because of that you know it's it's you know it it's not religious persecution, but it's, you know, it's, it's life persecution on that side of things. And it's, you know, to say that you don't want somebody to live their life peacefully is bonkers, Like right? That's, that's an insane thing to say about people. And, um, you know, it, and I guess on that side of things, it's, you know, it's Lubushkin and wanting his, him and his family to live peacefully. And it's like, just, you know, listen, I, even if I do you know, if he does support it, you know, if he does support pride and he wants to do that, he, you know, if he says he does and he feels like there's going to be some kind of payback at, at his cost with him or his family or whatever it is, then, you know, I mean, that's, it's kind of, I, mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be leaping off and, and making, you know, these, these grand assumptions, but like, it's just, it, it's, it, I can understand where he's coming from with that. And it's, it's very hard for me to be like, yeah, well, why don't you just stand up to your country? Like,
1: I mean, you again know, you don't have to, you're to not the one who has to the do world it that we can all be doing to stand
2: up for what we believe in and people sure. are just kind of like yeah i don't want i don't want to get shit on for this
1: exactly it didn't seem to me and again i watched it on tv you were at the arena it didn't seem to me like there was any real animosity from the no. crowd towards him or any pointed no. you didn't notice any of that did you
2: no I, I mean he wasn't in the starting lineup so he wasn't getting announced for that and uh you know, when he he wasn't booed when he touched the puck or made a play or anything like that, it was pretty quiet. Now, granted, it was a lot of Montreal fans near in the, in the arena, so of course, <laughs> you know, if guys got booed. Then I would kind of understand from the, from that point of view, but but there was no, you know, there were I didn't, I mean, Grant, I'm in a bad place to see if there if people had signs or, or anything like that, but I, I I didn't see anything, I didn't hear anything um, that indicated. I think you know, maybe at one point I heard one single boo, but. I don't know. His, his name's Lubushkin. People go Boosh. So I, I, it's a Burns, you know, I was saying Burns kind of thing, but, you know, um, <laughs> not, and not to make light of that, but I mean, it's, I, I didn't, I didn't see anything.
1: How was, uh, overall, I'm not talking about the game itself, but like the vibe, the experience overall with Prime Night, with the warm ups, with the jerseys, you know, the, the mm-hmm. fans, everybody in, in the arena, What what was yeah. the vibe like tonight? No,
2: it was pretty good. I mean, it was, you know, it was a, it was a full up arena for the most part. Um, and I wasn't a sellout, but for a Monday night, pretty good crowd. Um, and you know, for the, for the different things that they had going on for, uh, for pride night, you know, the, the Buffalo game ads chorus, singing the anthems, uh, you know, uh, doing things for like some of the different groups that they, that they spoke about during breaks and stuff. Like it was just pretty chill night. Like there wasn't, wasn't anything too much. I, like, it wasn't like, you know, nothing was made a big deal. It was just like a nice, you know, nice kind of calm, Good. peaceful night. That's what you kind of want out of this. Not, out of Good. a I Wanted to be yeah. chill.
1: Let me give you a real quick here. And I know this is, uh, this is me saying it's not Joe and I, Joe works with a lot of these men and women on a, on a nightly basis at, at the arena, mm-hmm. my biggest hot take and then anything to do with pride night or okay. Lebusch, you know what it is Rob Ray. I I gotta say this, man. And listen, I like Rob Ray, but I'm gonna be honest with you, Joe. All right, so you're you you probably don't hear the I don't hear hear the broadcast at all. You don't hear the broadcast, all right? So you're in the breast box, and then after the game, you guys gotta bust ass to get down to uh you know the media scrum and all that stuff. After the game, really it was a fun game, and we're gonna talk about the game, okay? The game was great, it was fun. Edge of your seat, literally, I was. After the game, though, it, it is a devastating point to lose in that mm-hmm. shootout. If if your hope in that little dim playoff hope that still technically is flickering ever so slightly. Mm-hmm. Literally, within seconds, Rob Ray's comment was, I'm paraphrasing, but only a little bit. I'm only paraphrasing here. He says, it, an outstanding effort tonight by the Sabres. Something about getting a point like it was a good thing. Mm-hmm. I swear to you, dude. My first thought was, did we just play the fucking Boston Bruins or something? Play the Montreal Canadiens, a bottom five, bottom feeder in the league at home Mm -hmm. in a game that you have to get two points. Yeah. And Rob Ray's talking it up. And again, man, I like Rob, don't get me wrong. And he's fun, okay? And he's got a lot of character and he brings a lot of character to the broadcast, okay? So I'm not no Sabres broadcast basher, no Rob Ray basher. But come on, bro. It was not an outstanding effort by the Buffalo Sabres to secure a point at home against the Montreal Canadiens, man. It was a bad third period where they took a nap. They paid the price. I know you tweeted about this, too. Yeah. Montreal kind of deserved to get back in that game, ultimately winning mm-hmm. the game. Yep. I know you're not going to bury your boy, Rob Ray, no, no. but... Dude, come on, man! You—it was not an outstanding effort by the Buffalo Sabres, and don't say that after after a shootout loss yeah. to Montreal Canadiens, man. Come on.
2: I'll I'll say this: who's 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 signing his paychecks?
1: I, <laughs> that's, yeah. I, that's, I mean,
2: you know, listen. I, I I get it. I get I get it. I I get it. 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 But I mean, listen. He's he's not gonna he's not gonna bury the team. He's just, he's just, he's not gonna, he's not gonna come out and go scorched earth on them. That's, what, that's what our jobs are for, Pat. That's, that's I know, what we, we can do all the dirty work that these guys want us to do. I just, and, I mean, they may like- think we should do it, 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 it. He's listen, I've talked to Rob enough off the air to know that he's got opinions. Yeah, sure. Big ones really big. Like, and he's, he, he knows, I mean, listen, there's a lot of people that say he doesn't know his stuff. He knows his stuff, okay? Sure. Uh, he's very sm- he is he's very smart about the game. I know people are going to be like, "Yeah, okay, buddy, sure, but he is." Like he 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 knows he knows what he's talking about. I guarantee his take on that away from the mic is going to be a little different than it is on the mic. <laughs> it? It's it's just it's part of the job, man. Like, you know, listen, I I used to work for NBC. I used to work for NHL.com. There is a lot of stuff I just could not say online. I couldn't write. I I just couldn't do it because it turns into uh, meetings and having to talk to the boss, you know, a boss or multiple bosses or your, you know, your lead editor. And they're just, just what are you doing? Like, what, like, you know, you can't say stuff like that. Right. It's like, yeah, sorry. You know, old habits, you know, all that stuff, you know, it's like, I'm, you know, I, kind of grew up as a, you know, half shit poster online anyway. So it's, you know,
3: it's,
1: we'll <laughs> have it. I, I get mostly, it. I get it. I get it. He's, I know he's never going to go, you know, scorched earth on, on the yeah. Sabres and they didn't deserve scorched earth either. No, no, you know, it was but a fun did. game. It was a good game. It could have yeah. went either way, but still an outstanding effort. The way they played in the th- at least half of the third period. Yeah. it just uh, no way, man. But anyway, so, you know, what's funny, Joe? I, for the first time all year last week, okay. I've been all in on the Sabres for mm-hmm. most of this season. It's been no matter what happens over these last what nine games. now, It's mm-hmm. still been a fun season. It's been a fun ride. This team has been a lot of fun to watch and there's a lot to look forward to. Realistically good things to look forward to. Now this mm-hmm. isn't fantasy land with the Sabres. Now it's reality. Yeah. team's got a lot of good stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I say that, but I'm going to be honest with you. Cause this is kind of, well, this is kind of fucked up. Last week, when they played, it was Friday night against New Jersey at home, right? Mm -hmm. For the first time in a long time, and I'm embarrassed and I'm disgraceful to admit this, but I'm going to. I wanted the Sabres to lose. What? Come on. I wanted the Sabres to lose. Here's why. Why? Jeremy White's fault. (laughs) (laughs) So Friday morning, Friday morning, I realized on Friday morning that the Sabres were sitting in 11th place. Mm-hmm. Which made them technically eligible to win the draft lottery. So, Jeremy had a tweet about the tankathon, you know, that that simulator. Yeah, uh, yeah. And on his first the, try, I the think Sabres, we know the
2: site by now, Pat. Yeah, I know we've, saved, we've
1: <laughs> got a lot of experience with that shit. But anyway, he's on his first try, the Sabres won the lottery. And then I started messing with it for 15 minutes, just sitting there, you know, refresh, refresh, refresh. Yeah. Anyway, I'm like, well, they ain't making the playoffs. Let's just see if we can get from 11 to maybe nine, just to get maybe a one and a half to 2% better chance of winning uh counter Bernard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I am admitting this. I can't believe I got to the point where, where this February, well, I think it was late February that I, I believe the, the Sabres were actually in the playoffs. They had a yeah. spot, I think mm-hmm. February 28th, the last day of February, they were in the playoffs that day. And a couple of weeks later, I'm hoping they lose so that they have a small, tiny, uh, you know, to increase their chances a little bit to get yeah. to them. Because you can only move up 10 spots in the draft. So if you're 11, you can move up to one. Um, but then they go out and they win. Mm-hmm. And then they come out on Saturday and they shut out the Islanders. Eric Connery shuts mm-hmm. out the Islanders on the road. I'm like, all right, I'm real back in a little bit. Because <laughs> of that, Monday night's game, where people are listening on Tuesday. So I keep saying it tonight. So Monday's right. game, I'm all in, man. I'm invested. Under normal circumstances, this was a fun game. Mm -hmm. Edge of your seat, the game was awesome. I mean, it goes to a shootout, a lot of action, a lot of goal Mm -hmm. posts, some weak goals, but some big saves. Mm -hmm. Both goalies, but yeah, man, it's just like (laughs) then they need but they needed two points. I, you know, the three games this week and they needed to get all six points this week. Uh, doesn't happen. Montreal scores a really goal for minute 22 or something like that. They scored. They go up one another, pretty weak goal. Yeah, yeah. And then uh Lucas uh Rusick, his, his first game, his NHL debut, which by the way, that was awesome. He scores a goal, he ties it up. His first talk, talk about that. Talk about the goal that he scores and just him being in the lineup. Because yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna be honest with you, what 48, 72 hours ago? I know mm-hmm. he was called, he was gonna play if Tage couldn't go on Saturday, right?
2: Yep, mm-hmm.
1: but he didn't play, and then he played tonight, was his uh debut. Mm-hmm. Let me be honest with you. I, I follow the Sabres relatively closely now. Obviously, I read and, and talk to you every week. I read what you write. I talk to you every week, but I'm not a big Rochester Amherst guy. I don't, didn't know much about this kid. Yep. Tell me about him because I'll tell you what. I mean, for being an NHL debut on, on Monday night, he looked pretty damn good to me.
2: Yeah, I I really liked his game. He's been really good at Roch this season. Uh, he, we started seeing it coming last year uh late in the season with the with the Amherst where where you, you'd see his play and he's getting better and you're like, all oh, right, this might be a guy now. Like You know, looking at him being like, this guy might get some NHL games next season. And I know Lance and I on on maintenance day, cheap plug, uh said <laughs> at the beginning of the season, you know, before the season, even like Rusek was a guy we had circled that's gonna get some games in the NHL this year. And you know, they've been healthy up front all season long. You know, they haven't you know, until recently they hadn't had any injuries up front and, you know, tuck misses a few games. Uh, you know, Thompson is, you know, banged up now and suddenly you're, you know, you're making some calls, moving some guys around, doing whatever. And, you know, Rusek gets the call. And honestly, if Brandon Byro wasn't injured, he's probably, Byro's probably the guy that gets to call, mm-hmm. uh, but Byro's hurt. So Rusek is the next guy in line. And, you know, listen, rusek's a bit more of an offensive type player byro's a good two-way guy he's a solid defender he can score too so like that's good but but rusek was the call and you know what i i love the idea of getting him in the lineup because he's similar yet different and yes he's a rookie but also he's like 23 24 he's like he's older than like all the guys he was a sixth round pick in 2019 he was 20 years old when he was drafted so he was he was a double, uh, double, you know, two years past his original draft year. Uh, and he was a guy that was found by Frank Musil on the Sabre staff, uh, who's based out in uh, Eastern Europe. He found him out in the Czech Republic, and he's like, hey, listen, you got to get this guy. And he told Bot- Jason Bottrell, the GM at the time, he's like, listen, I believe that this guy's going to be a player. Sure enough, they draft him. And, uh, you know, he had a he had pretty rough injury, I want to say, la- early last season. So by the time he came back, it was, you know, he was strong, he was feeling good. And then you're like, all right, this guy can play. This guy can this guy can go a little bit. And you know, sure enough, he scores tonight. Listen, he does a lot of his damage around the net, and that's exactly where he was tonight. Because Jost rips one. I don't know if it got tipped or it got deflected and it went off the end boards, but it went off the end boards right to Rusek at the
1: side of the net. Easy peasy, just slamming home. But he you're but right. There. It was, he was there. He I w- watched the replay. Several times he really battled to get in position to get that puck. You know what I mean? It was an easy goal once it got to his stick, but it was good work to get himself into position, kind of weaving in and out of this game with a couple other saber points. Well, obviously, he played because Tage Thompson did not on Monday night. Mm -hmm. Do you think the kid played well enough? They play again Friday. Let's assume Tage is back in the lineup. Do you think he gets another look, or do you think he goes back to Rochester now, assuming that Tage is good to play? Because obviously, Jordan Greenway didn't play tonight um yeah he's still in yeah so yeah, I don't know
2: just came back from um personally like, he was away for personal reasons um I I wonder Don's been pretty good about guys that score they tend to stay in the lineup mm-hmm. thing is I you know his first game you know he's in there because because Thompson's hurt and you're like okay well what do you do now and I know everybody in the fan base. I know exactly who they want out of the lineup. Oh, <laughs> just keep Rusek in. They're just like, we I know who they're asking to, to come out sure. of the lineup. I know exactly who it is. It's very easy to pick out. You wear 71. And like that's it. I some people were kind of mad at, at middle stat again tonight. Listen, he, he hadn't played he, you're at you're telling a guy to go from left wing on the third line to centering the top line in the you know, one of the top lines in the NHL. Chill the freak out like the it's gonna he rang that post
1: late bit. no he rang that post late yeah too,
2: that, um yeah, yeah like caught the inside like inside of the post too like the the cruelest of posts but um but i you know i I'm positive olsen's the guy everybody wants to come out with. and everybody's been yelling about getting get cool leak up here you guys listen we, we we watched how they handled Paterka and Quinn last year. You're not seeing Kulik this year. Rusek gets the call this year because he's 23. Like you got to kind of know what you got, right?
1: Sure. Yeah. And, so uh,
2: oh, you know, maybe maybe you can give him a little bit more run. I don't know. I, I didn't really like the way Olafson played tonight. Uh, the last few games, there's I've been, mind you, I'm watching him a little bit closer just to see what the hell's going on with him because you know there's there's something's up. You, you know what's you know you see the numbers and you're kind of like, what is this guy doing? And there were a couple of things tonight where I'm like, what, like saying out loud in the press box, what are you doing? Like, yeah. it's, just, it's, it's frustrating, which it, you know, for him, it's all on his head. But yeah. I don't know. You can make a pretty good case that you could keep Rusek in there, but, uh, you know, I mean that they can make it a normal recall. They got, you don't have to worry about cap space. You can keep as many guys up as you want. As long as you're under the cap, they're 30 million under the cap. So he gives, <laughs> who gives a shit. Right. But,
1: I, I um, yeah. I, I think Olafson is a guy who, uh, I mean, it'll be another conversation for another day, but I look at this team as constructed right now. And then I look at some of their top prospects and it's just, it's hard to envision this team having, you know, Olafson having a, a a future. Yeah. Um, with this team, so it's crazy to like, say because
2: he's got 26
1: goals. I know. Like, it's it's it, you're just kind of like, yeah, this guy scores 26 this year. I don't know
2: if he's got a space in this team, but hey, like, it's wild. I know
1: it's crazy. You, you gotta hope that maybe you get something for him now. You trade maybe during off season, but again, we'll talk yeah. about that. We got time for that. So Rusek scores, it's one one, Montreal scores an even weaker goal, they go up two one, and then Baturka. I think he did that on purpose, he put the buck off the guy's back. He yeah. did so. That was brilliant. I mean, it looked he, like he did it on purpose.
2: He he said he did it on purpose. Did he, he say he, he did it? Of course, oh, yeah, he said yeah. it. But he, I, he I was, believe
1: it though. I believe it.
2: He was there looking was, and he saw Allen kind of like maybe cheating off his post a little bit and like looking for the pass to come out front and sure enough, There's there's enough room to slam it off the slam it off the back of his shoulders and let it yeah. roll, roll the net. And it was a uh, a couple people point out to me it was like a Jochen Hecht goal like back in the day because I think Hecht had a goal scored a goal similar to that. Back then so yeah nice little nice little throwback and another german guy at at the <laughs> at that so you know <laughs> yeah, but, that's kind of yeah. cool but yeah he Paterka said he, he he definitely meant to do that
1: yeah well it, it looked like he did so good on him mm-hmm. so anyway that ties it up at two and then uh riley stillman takes a pass from the guy we just crucified a couple, <laughs> couple minutes ago Olafson, and, and he scores um you know still look like pretty good mine is you yeah. know, his debut where well, that, that fight yeah. didn't go his way. But outside of that, he's looked pretty good. So anyway, Sabres are up three to two after two. I'm like, all right, home game, got to beat this yeah. team. Then they decided, and I know you tweeted about this. They sleptwalk through the first like eight minutes, man. It yeah. was just, they were on mm-hmm. the defensive right from the beginning. Montreal played with far more urgency to win that game mm-hmm. in the third period. Mm-hmm. than the Sabres did. Yep, They paid for it. A Brennan Gallagher scored. He had another weak goal, in my opinion, anyway. And now it's tied 3-3. It was eight minutes left. So I got some notes here. Middle stat rang one off the post. It was about eight minutes left when he did yep. that. So anyway, goes to overtime. Then a, a in overtime, a terrible call against, um, against Krebs. It was not a, a cross check. But anyway, the yep. Sabres killed it off. Almost scored. Really exciting overtime. I mean, I'm that not lying. I was
2: watching... I was, hmm? That that might have been their best PK of the year, honestly. And it yeah, comes from overtime. Dalene you know, was great. Dalene was a monster.
1: Yeah, Darlene was great, man. Um, so anyway, I'm watching the the game, Joe. By the way, I'm, I'm in my little podcast studio, in my home office, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm literally on the edge of my seat. I'm standing up. I'm nervous. Yep. Then it goes to a shootout, and Olafson, Paterka, Tuck, they all get stopped. Montreal gets stopped three times. Quinn scores. Mm-hmm. Um, then. I can't remember who it was from Montreal, but he shot the ball. Comrie, it looked, he got a piece, but it went in the net. Then Middlestick. Middlestick yeah, yes, misses yes, by a will. mile. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I don't know about that one. Yeah.
1: But then Comrie, you know, makes a, a, another pad stop, and then Cousins gets stopped on a shot, and then Michael Opisette scored on the wrist shot. Bam. Game over. Mm-hmm. I'm, look, Granado doesn't get criticized often, and at the end of the day, the, the guys pretty much, for the most part, should have been out there, maybe not in the order we thought they should be. Yeah but you know you got to score more than one goal and uh it's just the way it's just the way it goes but man what a, what a what a devastating loss it sucks to say a devastating loss when you get a point but yeah i don't know i, I got
2: i listen i hate shootouts so much so 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 much and yeah. it it makes me sound stone age because i'm just like bring back ties ties are better and people like well then nobody's going to want to win in overtime i go well you won't have to go to overtime if you may, if you give teams 3 points for winning in regulation then you don't have to worry about it like that's that's my whole thing and then like if you win in overtime you get 2 points but if you get a tie uh, 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 no 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 everybody both teams get one point and go to hell like well, that's that's the whole thing for but listen ugh, the shootout it. shootouts jesus play a game of tiddlywinks. i don't know man have a have a coin flip off i don't give a sh- it's the same odds it's the same dumb shit like and i mean if you want to be critical of of Don's choices, yeah, I, I get it. Picking Olsen's an interesting one. He hadn't had a shootout attempt this season. He's he's had uh, eight attempts in his career. He's got two goals. Twenty five percent is not a great not a great thing. And like you know, people are like, "Well, they practice shootouts all the time." Well, a they don't have practices anymore because they don't have time. The schedule's insane, so they don't have time to have practices. When they have a full one, they 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 do a like a penalty shot, you know, off like see who the last guy is, and then. You know, they razz him, but, um, but yeah, it was Olson was an interesting call for the first one. I, I Quinn's so good at these things. Let him be the leadoff guy, get out, get out ahead of it. One, nothing immediately. And then, and then figure it out from there. I know Skinner really wanted to get the call there, which I know was, you know, maybe it's like, oh, why not put him out there? Like that should be his thing. He's not very good at him in his career, but like, still like eh, whatever is offensive guy. Let him try it. You know, the Habs were rolling out like their third pair defensemen for whatever, you know, fourth liners for whatever friggin' reason. I don't know, but they know what they're doing. Like Marty St. Louis knows what he's doing. So, like, I get it, but it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. Casey missing it wide like that. I mean, geez. Hit. I don't know if he's, if he overthinks that, but like his move all the time is backhand shelf, backhand, mm-hmm. you know, lifted over the goalie. I don't know. I don't know why he was thinking, let me just wire it by him. I don't know. Maybe he saw something like, whatever, but. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't just, I can't overanalyze shootouts, man. They, they fucking stink.
1: I just, I, I feel I'm not going to bury Granados. I mean, you know, if you, if you think he's a pretty good coach and I do, you know, maybe he just had a gut, his gut told him all of a sudden yeah. put yeah. him out there first. He's going to score. Maybe we'll get him going. I don't know. But yeah, if you, if you trust the coach, you like the coach, you, you got to live and die with those. That's, One shootout, quick question. Shootout, we go- I, can't, I can't get, you can't get me mad about shootouts, man. There's, there's <laughs> such a bullshit thing. One quick question, and, and then we're going to go to a break. We'll talk some more Sabres and Bills on the other side. I had a, an exchange with uh, Prescott Ross, Rossi. A oh, guy, right. I, I respect him greatly, but we mm-hmm. completely disagreed. I'm not talking about the season. I'm talking about Monday night, this game specifically. Okay. Let me know who you think is right. And by I know you're not afraid to tell me when I'm wrong. So, <laughs> yeah. Shit. Anyway, he tweeted, this was his he's tweet. wrong too. So, yeah. This, this was his tweet right after the game. He goes, Sabres get goals from Rusick and Stillman and get a very strong one from Comrie. Got to win that one simple as I replied to him. Not sure I can agree with a goaltender letting in at least two, if not three soft goals, having a strong game, he had good moments, but you can't let in multiple weak goals like that. And he wrote, if not for Comrie playing well, the game never gets to overtime. Now in fairness to him, he's not here to plead his case. And I am, but sure. He played good. He made some big saves at times. But again, when you let in three, two, two for sure, probably three mm-hmm. pretty weak goals. How do you, you how's that playing? Well, that's like Josh Allen throwing for 280 yards and two touchdowns, but he throws for two interceptions and one of them was a pick six and a loss. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. that's my case. And again, in, fair, in fairness to Prescott, he's not here to defend himself. Right. Who's right. right. Did, did Eric Homery play a good game tonight or Monday night?
2: Yes. He did, okay. no, because there were because there were three, two or three just absolute robberies, like just stone cold. Holy crap! I can't believe he stopped that. Saves where there were. I'm, I'm already you know typing up. Well, Hab score. Oh nope, they didn't score. Nope, that's gone. Uh, and I listen. I know our expectations are a lot lower with goaltending. Like you make there a couple of saves where it's like, oh wow. Goalies can make those saves. That's interesting. They haven't done it all year, but there were a few opportunities where they are threatening. They are right in close, and Comrie flicks the leg out, gets you know, gets the you know, gets the blocker up, does whatever, G- gets in front of it, stops it, gloves it down, does whatever. There, they had so many flurries just the second period alone. Um, there, there were, geez, I want to say two or three opportunities right in front where. He's just on top of everything, and then he finally gets to smother it, or the, you know they're able to clear the zone, do whatever. Uh, you know, listen, I the goals he allowed, not great, not great, but that could have been a seven to three game for Montreal in Montreal's favor, and that's that's what I you know, and you know, listen again, our our views are skewed on it just because the, the goaltending's just been so weird, so weird slash bad this season that we, you know, guy makes a regular save Just Wow. That's amazing. But he made some ones tonight where it's like, Holy shit. Okay. Maybe this guy's going to run with it the rest of the season. At least that's what's going through my head. And I don't think the, the bad goals necessarily take that away from me. It sticks out in my mind though, because it's going to be fresh there. And it's going to be like, well, he let that, you know, unscreened wrist shot go to the far side. You know, how does that happen? or, you know, guy gets in close, just roofs one, you know, just from a weird angle, like over top of him. It's like, okay, like well, I don't know how that one gets by you, but, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, there were too many just five star chances they had in close or, you know, at some point where he just stopped them stone cold. And I, you know, listen, three bad ones and stopping like four or five, you know, just should have been money goals. I know he comes out ahead in that one. I yeah, they lose in the shoot like, but again, it's a shootout loss. It's a three three game. Don't give up the easy ones. You know, it's it's easy to just say like, don't give up the easy ones, dummy. But like, stop like four, five six other ones where there should have been money. So I don't know. Sorry, Pat, you're wrong on this one. I I, I, I got, you know, you're not a hundred percent wrong because you're you're right about it. Like those are those are some soft goals, but Prescott's a hundred percent right about. You know, it's a much worse scoreline and people are screaming holy hell after this one if those goals get in.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, Learn more at marines.com.
1: All right, I'm back with Joe Yerdon, who just turned heel on me a couple of minutes ago before the break, <laughs> taking uh, Prescott's hey, side. Uh, you're your problem. Steel chair is right there for me to, to <laughs> bury you with it, okay? Let's talk for a couple of minutes about how things stand right now. This game, you know, in the books, uh, the Sabres are at 77 points. They're five behind Pittsburgh. No games in hand either. And eight behind the Islanders. They got two games in hand. Two behind Florida with a game in hand. And they're tied with Ottawa. Long story short, I mean, we can look at the graphic. to the end of the world. Sabres got nine games left. Mm -hmm. Mathematically, sure, they're still alive, but this team's toast. Uh, It's it's just, it's not going to happen. And uh, you look at the big picture, the, the totality of this year. And for me, two things really stand out i wrote down a couple numbers actually i had to go on twitter and, and, and research them or, or ask yep. people to provide them for me so by research and i mean give me the, the information that i need <laughs> tell from me someone else things. to it <laughs> two big things though okay number one and i'm sure you're going to agree with both of these and, and you know uh, I'll, I'll get your takes on them but they're 14 20 and four at home this year that's just not good enough no nope. playoff teams do not go 14 20 and four at home and then the other thing is goaltending. This year, the Sabres, when not scoring at least four goals in a game this year, the Sabres are 6-27-5. That is mm. almost hard to fathom. 6-27-5 when they score three goals or less. And you start thinking in your mind, Look, some games is not the goalie. Some games, the team just doesn't show up. They don't play well in front of them. Defensively, they've been terrible at times. Yeah, But you got to say to yourself, 27 losses when you score uh, three goals or less. Let's just say even four or five games, the Sabres, five, five, four or five more games, more games, I should say. Mm-hmm. The Sabres find a way to steal a two-to-one game or a three-to-two game. You know, because the goalie makes a couple key saves beyond what he did in that game. Just do that four times, and there's eight yeah. points right there.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they're in the playoffs right now. If they could just find a way, if the goal to anyone would have been good enough to steal some games mm-hmm. when the team was crappy in front of them, two one or three to two, which by the way, three-two three two, and th- threes, goals is not a terrible offensive output, by the way. Yeah, and you it's just like God, prior to their wins, I got some notes here over mm-hmm. New Jersey. And the Islanders over the weekend, and I'm rambling right now. I'm going to ask you a loaded question. (laughs) They were in a playoff spot after 58 games. I said this earlier, but they lost 8 of 9 and 10 of 12 to fall off. They gave up 26 goals in four home games when they played Nashville, Boston, the Rangers, and Dallas, which Mm -hmm. broke a franchise record all the way back in 1992. We talked about their home loss. The 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 goaltending's not been good, and in March it was brutal. They were all brutal. Yeah. Comrie had the one shutout against the Islanders, but beyond that, UPL was bad. Anderson was bad. Comrie was bad. And the stat is depressing. The Sabres are about to be, and Marina's word for word, Mm -hmm. when the Sacramento Kings officially make the NBA playoffs, which they're going to, the Sabres are going to have the second longest drought in all of sports, behind only the New York Jets. Mm -hmm. And as Mike Harrington pointed out, since the Sabres lost game seven in Philly back in 2011, Every team in the NHL, other than Seattle, is an expansion team, has played at least twenty-five playoff games. And Seattle playoffs before.
2: this year, by the way.
1: Yeah, so loaded question time. Why have the Sabers yeah. been so lousy at home this year? Why hasn't goaltending been at least a little bit better? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Just spend a minute or two talking about how pressure can get to a team like this because that clearly is what happened. Oh yeah, this stretch. Mm-hmm. especially at home where they didn't just lose. I mean, they were getting out. They looked like they didn't even belong on the same ice at times. Yep. So yeah. clearly there was pressure and anxiety. And some of the players talked about it. Just I'm talk gonna, about that a little bit.
2: Yeah. Let, let me, let me point out a, a handful of just home losses. They've lost twice now at home to Montreal. Yeah. Like bottom five team in the NHL. Can't do that. No. Uh, they lost to Arizona at home four to one way back, way back early in the season. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. They lost to Chicago on the road. Can't do that. Bottom mm. team. Uh, at least they, they swept. Columbus a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Lose to Columbus. Like, get slapped around by Columbus. Cannot do that. Cannot do that. They're, they're 0-2 against Philadelphia this season. No. <laughs> no, guys. No, you can't. They lost to Vancouver at home this year. Can't do that. That was That was back when Vancouver looked like they wanted to, you know, collectively you know, demote themselves to the AHL. They were just, there was such a bad way and they, everybody hated each other. You know, they're playing well now, but like, you know, they lost to a team that was, that was in such a rut. And the only thing that they, the the one thing they couldn't do against that team, that game was not give them power plays and they kept giving them power plays over over, and over again. And then they lose. Okay. Just those games alone. Though, I mean, like, like, I think it was like five, five home games. Yeah, about five home games in there, where it's like those are games you that playoff teams win. Sure, home, like you have to win those games, and they didn't. You know, like I mean, okay, they beat Arizona out there. Congrats. Of course, funny part of that is Arizona's an incredible home team this season. Yeah, which is insane to say because they play in you know they play in the the tiny rink. But like, I mean, it looks like they're about to lose tonight. So they're about to be twenty twelve and four at home. The the Coyotes who are playing in Arizona State's building are 20 12 and 4 at home and the Sabers are 14 20 and 4
1: If the Sabers had that record at home, they would be in the playoffs easily.
2: They If they had that record at home, Pat, we're talking about them getting home ice in the first round, okay? Like we're we're talking about them competing with Toronto and Tampa Bay at that level. Yeah, like it's that's nuts. that's the difference. Like that's I mean, that's a huge difference, but just be 500 at home. And I that's you know, obviously asking a lot because they're uh, tactically ten under five hundred. I guess it's like you know because it's twenty losses, four in overtime shootout, whatever. But not good. Just not good. And it, it makes no sense. Now the late season games, you know, you got to beat Nashville. I mean, Nashville's gotten better later in the season, but still not a playoff team. Like they're close, but they're not. You know, they lose. They get slapped around by Calgary. You know, and was fresh out of the break like whatever okay fine like it I, I can't get mad about that one but you know you give up 10 to dallas dallas is good they're not 10 goals against good you that know? was
1: rough that and, you know, game
2: man they, like they, they lose to the rangers in ot like that's hard that's a that was a hard loss they played their they played their bag off the rangers weren't that great and they still lose like that's tough um but like you get slapped by the predators i mean the bruins hang seven on you twice within a week like that's it's the Bruins like they're the best team in the yeah, NHL boss, you, and that's just, tough. you can just eat shit with that but but like you gotta beat Montreal like you have to beat them you gotta beat Arizona like these are these are, these games should have been gimmies you know you get, get shut out by Philly everybody got mad about that one because it was a black and red night and they they couldn't score any goals never mind never mind scoring five or six or seven they just couldn't score any of that game but um but it's just, you know, like, that's what it comes down to. And the goaltending, I mean, listen, the goaltending is just, I don't know what to make of it. I'm completely stuck on the goaltending. I i look at, you know, Comrie, I've, I have, I have, I feel bad for Comrie because he's had a couple of injuries this season. And hes he hasn't had injuries before. You know, we talked to him the other day and he's hes like, I've never been injured before. So this is a whole new thing for me to learn how to come back from it. and Whatever. And, you know, when he got hurt the first time around, that opened the door for UPL to come in and he took it and ran with it. Like He played pretty well. You know, I think of that the the trip that I went out, met up, met up with the team in Arizona and Vegas. He won them the games in Colorado and Vegas. Like he flat out won those games for me. He held, you know, held down the fort, you know, Sabre score the goals and get out, you know, get out ahead. But like Colorado and Vegas, in both of those games, those third periods. Those were games that if the other UPL shows up, they lose those games like seven to four, you know, like that's, but like he held the door, like he held it strong. He played very well in December and that earned him a lot of credit to, to play more games in January and February. And when Comrie came back, it was like, okay, well, let's let's figure this thing out. And neither guy grabbed it. Neither guy did like it's and you know, you can, you can say it's because you didn't ride one guy, didn't do this, blah, 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 whatever neither guy like all you have to do is like win two games in a row and look you know not give up five goals doing it let your offense win you the game but just win the game you know play well enough and then you can get all the starts (laughs) you know like you can just you can just start every game at that point but but they couldn't And, and you know craig anderson listen dude's 41 he's they they tried pushing him a little bit more the last couple weeks and that didn't seem to work out too well the other night. Like they did not. They He got completely crushed. Was it was that the was that the Nashville game or was it the Boston? Yeah, it was the Nashville game. Like six goals and twenty shots. Like help the guy out. Like just you know don't put him in that spot where he's got to play these games. You know it's it's hard. I mean, and again, that's like kind of the bed the Sabers made for themselves because they said, oh, we're bringing him back. We wanted to like help some of these young guys out. We, you know, figure it out. Be like a on-the-job, you know, coach sort of thing. But whatever. But man, oh man, it's he's had maintenance days ever since that game. Which I'm like, give him a week to cool off. You know, he's probably really pissed about how that game went down. You know, like it, it's. I don't blame him. I I need some time to digest getting shit on like that. I'd be pretty mad too the way the team played in front of me.
1: Comrie's been. He's just. He's so mid to me. I sound like MGF using a he says <laughs> mid all the time in wrestling. He yeah. is. Comrie is, let's use an NFL quarterback as a comparison. He's Mitch Trubisky. Mm. Look, all right, for, for a couple games. He'd be a decent backup. At times, he doesn't even look like a decent backup. At times, it looks like he could be a very good backup, maybe even a borderline starter. Mm hmm. I just, I don't know, man. I'm just not sold on him. And again, my yeah. my opinion on him on tonight's game, Monday night's game is lower than it should be because I, I, you did kind of sell me before the break when you were talking, <laughs> talking him up a little bit. He did make some, some key saves. Yeah, but, but at the end of the day, when it comes to the savers, it, it, you can power rank them any way you want. It's yeah, Their overall inability to win at home, it's their, their inability to beat these, especially the shitty teams at home. You ran Damn. off some of them that they got to win. It's been the goaltending. And speaking of one more sabers thing, and then we'll talk football for a few minutes before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. Definitely by originally, I remember texting you uh early on Monday asking if he was yep. playing, man. I wrote up a graphic and everything. I was so excited. Because <laughs> wasn't he originally supposed to debut, or at least there was a buzz that he no. was gonna debut, or was that never gonna be the case? And is he gonna be playing on Friday? Do you think? Uh
2: well, about about Monday's game. I think a lot of it, I'm guilty of this. I will, I will confess to this. I thought monday's game was going to be the one uh mm-hmm. for him to to get his first start it a lot of it made sense you know it's against montreal he's from montreal um would have been a good kind of you know jab at montreal fans who said that like oh he'll never sign with buffalo he's going to come to montreal blah 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 be the savior next Carry price blah 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 all that stuff like all of it seemed to to kind of line up to be the right way now is immigration papers taking as long as they did to go through. Maybe that had an effect on it because it caused co- it cost him playing one of the full practices last week, uh, which oddly enough, he was able to get on the ice well after the practice was over because the paperwork <laughs> finally went through, but it cost him like the entirety of like a 45-minute practice, which would have been pretty good. It's the only practice full practice they've had. You know, morning skate practices, it's not the same. You know, you're you're skating for 25. Thirty minutes right. tops, and you're not getting the same work. But, um, but looking ahead of the schedule, I just I look at it and I'm like, what's the one that makes you know what's what's the one that makes sense to be the first one? Because I'm thinking like, yeah, you because know, you, you, I'm looking at ahead, uh, you know, Rangers playoff team, Flyers not a playoff team, Panthers. You you need to beat the Panthers if you're going to be serious about you know maybe getting into this. I, I they have to go basically seven one one. They need like four, 14, 15 points in the last nine games. That's really difficult. It's exceedingly difficult. But as long as you're still in it, you got to give yourself a chance, right? Sure. So, Florida, I don't know about that one. Detroit, maybe, maybe Detroit, Carolina, absolutely not. They, they, they have like three home games left. It's the Rangers, Carolina, and Ottawa. And Craig Anderson's got to start that Ottawa game. I will bet, I will bet my life on that one
1: because. Might be his last game of his career. He's going to play I, against the whole team. Like I that's, completely, completely agree. And I agree with you about Carolina, which kind of leads me back to so like. To Friday, I mean, but that's a big ask to go beat the Rangers in your first game. Right? But, yeah, the Rangers I are big. That's why I think, I don't know, maybe Philly. But like I think you kind of want to start them
2: at home. But I don't know. Maybe it's easier on the road. I, I don't know. Like, it's a lot. I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot of nerves no matter what. Let's put it that way. If he plays at home, it's like, oh, boy, home crowd. Okay. If you, are home goalie, like, if you were a goalie, if you were a goalie.
1: If you were a goalie, would you rather make your NHL debut at home or on the road? If part of me, my first thought was, well, the story might be better at home. But if I think it involves the goalie, I think I might want to play in the road. Yeah, I think just for like kind of
2: cutting out the noise, the road would be the best one. But like, I don't know. Give up uh, the am really. I'm, holly, I'm Hollywood enough to be like, give me that home game. Let me let me show <laughs> people stuff. Like, your Eagle. <laughs> yeah, you know, because if you because if you lay it down at home and you know show off to the home fans and like and people would be like, oh yeah, let's go! Like <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's not the thing the Sabers really need at this point, but I mean, I don't know, but uh, but I I just look at this schedule coming up. I was like, I, I have a hard time doing it against the Rangers just because it's the Rangers. Like that's really freaking good. That's a ton of offense. Like it's a ton of work. But maybe he wants it. You know, I I, I Devin Levi strikes me as a guy that wants those kinds of games. Sure. But, you know, I don't know what the plan is, but like, I just look at ahead and I'm like, maybe the Philly game, one of those, maybe the, maybe the Florida game, Florida traded them. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe, maybe you're thinking that like, but maybe the Detroit game, I don't know, man. Like, but they play the Rangers twice. So to me, that's, I don't know. That's cutting out a couple of those games. They play the Devils. I don't know about that Columbus for the last game of the season down there. Maybe, I don't know, like. I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's really hard to figure out how they're going to do this because I, I honestly have no idea.
1: (laughs) Right, And honestly, whether he plays great or whether he gives up five goals, it gets pulled or whatever. Who gives a shit about this game going forward though? Maybe, maybe next year, but if not, certainly like maybe two years now, there's going to be a lot of pressure on this kid because again, you look at this team this year and you're like, damn, if they would have just gotten a handful of games, where the goalies stole more points when they when they didn't yeah. play that well in front of them, we'd be having a you know a different type of conversation. Um, yeah. Let's switch gears for a couple of minutes here. I want to talk football, and <laughs> I laugh because so on Monday word came out, and not through a source, who Lamar Jackson himself, who, who tweeted out a thread saying that he asked for a trade. He requested a trade with Baltimore all the way back on March second. Um, Jaron Harbaugh was at uh, the owners' meetings in in Phoenix on uh, mm-hmm. Monday. He spoke, you know, all typical coach bullshit. We want a bag. We, you know, it'll right. all work out. Blah 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 blah. I do think there's a good chance he gets traded. Now, right away, first instincts are, Indy, New England. Those are the teams you think of quarterback right away who yep. could be front runners. Then I look at it from Baltimore's perspective. All right, Lamar tells you, listen, I am never going to sign a long term contract with you. I want out. And eventually they do trade. I don't know that you're going to trade them to the AFC. I just don't. So yep. that gets me thinking. NFC. And first of all, if you're Lamar Jackson, and I'll get to that why in a second, I'd want to yep. do this. But I started thinking of you almost mm-hmm. immediately because yep. quite, you know, everybody, if you're new to the show, we say it all the time. Joe's not a Bills fan. Joe's a Bills watcher. Mm-hmm. Joe is very much a Detroit Lions fan. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about the Detroit Lions in this scenario because,
3: mm-hmm.
1: man, it feels like a great football fit. Mm-hmm. The Lions certainly had the draft capital to make it happen. Mm-hmm. The Lions certainly have the cap room to make it happen. Detroit has the mm-hmm. third most cap room in the NFL right now. And they got two picks in the first round, all kinds of picks all over the board. Mm-hmm. Lamar should have all the motivation to want to get out of the AFC. Yeah. I mean. You get you got to go through Mahomes, you got to go through Josh Allen, you got to go to Joe Burrow, you know mm-hmm. Herbert, other good quarterbacks in that conference. The NFC doesn't really have a lot of good quarterbacks, so I'm starting to think I'm like Detroit Lions. And by the way, Detroit Lions are a pretty good football team now at this point, and they're certainly good on offense. And they've mm-hmm. done a lot of work this offseason to solidify their defense. And we haven't even gotten to the draft yet. Yep. Look, I and one other thing, and then I'm gonna turn to see Jared Goff. <laughs> I thought he was a bum going into last year, and then I thought he played pretty damn, damn well. And yeah. here's the thing, dude, he ain't like he's 38, 39 years old. Jared Goff's 28 years old, you know, and he's still got two years left, but a pretty big cap number, like 30, 31 million in these next two years. A lot of money. What's your what's your take on potentially Lamar Jackson going to Detroit? Because I do think at some point you're gonna hear some rumblings about the Detroit Lions and Lamar connection.
2: Let me uh let me preface this by saying that when uh before last season even started and people were talking about like, well, you know, Lamar's contract's up, I was like, Get him to Detroit now. <laughs> I will I listen, people started talking like Nick Geary would would start kicking around talking about Lamar, like, oh well, you know, if he's not staying in Baltimore, where's he going? I'm like, bring him. Bring him to Detroit right now. I because I'm thinking of think of and this is even before they started, you know, messing around with stuff in this off season, but I was like look at what they have. You know, you suddenly have a top top wide out in St. Brown. Like he's he's incredible. Um Love you know, Jamison Williams. Jamison I talk about a guy who can get underneath the deep balls from Jackson. He's going to be able to do it. And you can do all sorts of weird, you know, gadget stuff with him, you know, the end, you know the end and all that crap. Like you can do all that stuff with him. Um they're going to add some other kind of receiver in the mix too, like DJ Charks going to, to, uh, to Carolina. Carolina. That's, that stinks. He's, he's pretty good, but get somebody else in there. Like, that's fine. It it doesn't bother me. Tight ends, tight end seems like they're pretty square there. So they're all set. I mean, they traded Hawkinson. They didn't miss anything. They just, next guy was pretty good. Uh, And then running backs, like, you know, uh, Jamal Williams goes that I hated that. I hated it so much. Seeing him go love him, love him to death. He's, he's the mayor of Detroit as far as I'm concerned, but added Tim Montgomery. Tim Montgomery's pretty freaking good, and they got him away from the Bears even better to get him away mm. from a, a division team. And Swift's and, still good. And Swift is still – Swift is a really damn good receiving back. And he, he can still run, but he's really good at catching the ball out of the backfield. So I look at Detroit as a team that's got all the weapons. And, you know, they're, they've done a little bit to improve the offensive line. The line was pretty good last year, especially when they're running the ball. Right? I, yeah, I like their line. Yeah, man. So okay.
1: I – this feels like a good fit
2: it really it does makes, it makes too much sense it hurts me and when he when he ends up getting traded to like washington or saints or some you know some asshole team where it's just like now get him out of there and <laughs> like, well well baltimore will never trade him to washington let's let's be, let's be real about that that won't happen but like it's just some idiot team where you're just like come on not them like please tampa bay you imagine tampa bay getting him off like no
1: the- i i they don't got the cap see that's the thing let's just assume that baltimore is going to trade them there's got to be you got to have the cap room to make it work i mean you could give the guy a long-term mega deal mm-hmm. and you could stretch it four or five years with that cap hit when you're talking quarterbacks it's saying like a you know a wide receiver if, if the bills were to trade for hopkins they can make his first year cap hit on a redone deal like four or five million in the first year yeah. you can't do that shit with a quarterback it's no. going to cost cheapest 15 to 20 million the first year and then it's going to go mm-hmm. way up so that takes a lot of teams out of it
2: yeah
3: that
1: doesn't yeah. take the detroit lions out of it
2: no and the other team that sticks out to me if you really wanted to be just like a, a dick to lamar trade him to houston houston ain't got anything going on with it they, they've added a couple of interesting people sure and like, yeah yeah no. what is what's his nuts the quarterback there what's his uh They just whatever faces.
1: Well, they signed Case Keenum. They're going to draft the court. They got got the second pick in the draft. So So it's going to be like, a what? I'm telling you, Detroit feels like a great thing. It makes too
2: much sense. It It really does. It makes way too much. And like like Baltimore, like the other teams that can use them, like Pittsburgh. Well, I don't know. They seem they they like what's they're not, trade him. they're not
1: trading them. They're not trading them to the, okay. the, it, the but Like, that's
2: what I mean. He's not going to Pittsburgh. You know, Cleveland's got that more on there. So, like, they're sets. Yeah, I, just,
1: I, I just I just don't see them trade him to the AFC. Tennessee.
2: Like, they're not going to trade him to Tennessee. Like, it's the uh, teams like that where it's just like, that doesn't make any sense. Detroit's the one that makes sense. Now, again, it, it does. I'm very blindly saying this as a fan of the Lions, but holy shit, dude. Like, it we're, makes
1: much sense. We're playing role reversal. Usually, we talk Bills and I'm, you know, blindly talking Bills shit and you're being the more logical mm-hmm. one right now you're being the fan but I'm being the one who's backing you because it just I think it makes really good football sense it's gonna be fascinating <laughs> to see he's getting traded somewhere when yeah. and where I we don't know but Detroit's up there Washington maybe i I don't know I don't know mm-hmm. it just feels like a a really good fit quickly here with the bills so they haven't really they haven't added that big ticket free agent the bills have Added, I think the Bills have done a really good job this free agency period, based on what they had to spend, adding good role players and better depth than they had last year. And I think that's—I don't even think that's debatable. Like they got better at wide receiver, not a one or not a two, but you know a three or four or five. You get Hardy, you get Trent Sherfield, a kid I like a lot from Miami, and they've gotten better on the offensive line. Again, not great. Big ticket signings, but better than what they had last year. They've gotten better. I think a running back with Damian Harris, definitely a wide receiver, definitely a guard. Um, they signed a safety on Monday, Taylor Rapp, by the way, is a good safety. And they've worked the formula. And Brandon Bean even talked about it on Monday in Arizona. As things stand right now, the Bills are going to get a third round comp pick next or in two years mm-hmm. for losing, uh, or next year for losing Tremaine Edmonds. They're not going to sign another free agent, folks. Just Brandon Bean made that really clear right now. Doesn't mm-hmm. I mean they can't trade for Hopkins. Doesn't I mean they can't sign Adele Beckham Jr. because he went factor in the comp formula. But they're not going to sign a big ticket free agent. But anyway, here was my point. Let me know if you agree. I think the Bills have added depth and role players, no star players. Mm-hmm. I think what they're relying on, what Brandon Bean is relying on the most right now, is his core veteran, good players, especially on the defensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. to bounce back. And be healthy. I'm talking, of course, about Micah Hyde, you know, Jordan Poyer and Trey White, who was a shell of himself last year. And then of course Vaughn Miller getting back. I think they're counting on their veterans getting back to hundred percent And that will account for the big splashes that mm-hmm. they didn't make that they're not making in free agency right now. Make sense to you? It does. It's an interesting gamble of sorts though,
2: because these aren't young guys that are coming back from injuries necessarily. You know? I agree. Right. Von Miller's not young. Uh, Micah Hyde is yeah, 31, 31, you know, Jordan Poyer's with 31, right? 33 one. Yeah. So like, they're,
1: yeah, they're both going to be like, I think 32 at some point this year. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I, you know, I, I get it. Like they're star players. Like they're the top end talent. You count on them to come back and, and be good. Like I fully support that. But boy, oh boy, man, that age cliff is there. It's there waiting for them somewhere. You just don't right. know where, and you're talking about two guys Th- all three of them coming back from very serious injuries yeah you know, i i i you know i have full faith that they're going to be they're going to be fully in shape they're going to be in great shape they're going to be good to go but they're older <laughs> you know yeah. it's just it, you're not going to have that same engine going the whole time the von miller can still that was was still doing it last year it was like it was pretty incredible that guy's was playing
1: great yeah you
2: know, yeah he's he's a total freak but I mean, you know, I, I get, I, I, you know, I saw the, the safety they signed to uh, today, the guy from- Taylor yeah. rap. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I see that that's you need insurance. You need some guys that can, that can get back there. And he's got some interesting numbers to him. So I get it. It's a gamble, but you've got some backup there at least, uh, at least in the, in the secondary, they've got some backup. Uh, if you lose Miller again, you don't have anybody backing him up. Like there, I mean, it's, it, it's the same problem as last year. And, you know, I know people were talking about trading at Oliver to get Hopkins. And I'm just like, not you're going to make, make yourself a hundred times worse at another position to add, to it's add, it's not going to happen. I agree. A 30, 31 year old receiver. Like, who is, you know, I mean, he was really good when he played last year, but also like it's 30, 31. It's,
1: it's the same problem you have with, with everybody else. Yeah. I, I could agree more. They, and also let's not um discount the fact that Diggs is, Thirty, which is not young for receivers and he's played three straight years without being significantly hurt. And he catches a lot of footballs, man. You know, sooner or later, somebody said it, you know, they go out and they signed Deontay Hardy and they signed Trent Shurfield. And I do like those guys as good three, four, five receivers, but you're like at the same token, you're a a Stefan Diggs knee injury away from having one of the worst receiving units in the entire NFL. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to go receiver. If they don't trade for Hopkins, which is definitely Brandon Bean made us really downplay that uh, on Monday, mm-hmm. I don't buy what he's saying. I, I do think the Bills are in to an extent on him, but if they don't land a Hopkins, and I don't think they're going to sign Beckham, but he, they, they haven't given up on him. They're going to draft a receiver early. They got to get another weapon in this offense. the The route they've went doesn't work. Loading up on defense. Brandon Bean has to draft better, especially on the defensive line. A lot of these picks have just simply not worked out as good as they need to. You know, yeah. um, Boogie Basham and AJ Panessa, to an extent, Ed Oliver with the ninth overall pick. You know, Brazil's um, mm-hmm. been pretty good, but uh, you're right, man. If who, first of all, who knows when Vaughn's going to be back? And, you know, right? Why not going to be opening week? Mm-hmm. Do they go? You want to piss Bills fans off, which could very well happen. They might go defensive line heavy early in the draft again
2: you mm-hmm. know oh boy it, people and you know what people will be rightful i think they'll be rightfully mad about that i saw i think it was nate did a mock draft nate geary did a mock draft today and his first pick was an edge guy and i'm like jesus dude like like it was an edge guy in the first round and another you know like another defensive tackle on the second round or something it was something like that and i'm like people are gonna lose their friggin' minds with that stuff yeah especially if there are and listen i know it's not a great receiver classes here Jackson Smith and Jigba is the the main guy, but like they'll be gone. They're not trading up to 12. Like you're not gonna get up high enough to be able to get a guy like that. It's not gonna happen. But no, but I mean, like to say that like each time it came around to the Bills, nah, I didn't really see a receiver there. Like, come on. Like there, there's gotta be somebody. Like, you gotta take like take a chance on somebody. They taking a chance on a bunch of dudes in the past. I don't know. You got scouts. They scout, they see these guys. They got you gotta know somebody's out there.
1: Yeah. One last point, then I'll let you go here. Um, I had Tyler Dunn on the show. Uh, we did a show at Imperial a couple, two weeks ago, I think it was. It's funny, too, because you brought up the Sabres when they got destroyed at home against Dallas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the night I was doing a show at Imperial with Tyler Dunn, and they gave they put a 10 spot up. And it wasn't a big crowd. It was a decent-sized crowd at Imperial, but you could just hear the collective moan and groans. Yeah. Like, oh. you get, like, especially later in the game, it was like every two minutes, Couldn't even finish a point because you would hear the crowd you know, groaning because Dallas scored uh, yet again. But anyway, Tyler brought up a point that's really resonated with me. Fans and maybe to some extent media judge these players on the Bills too much by what they do in the regular season and not enough in the playoffs. The standard needs to be higher. The bar needs to be higher. It needs to change. Right now when it comes to the Bills, he cited the defense specifically and guys like Tremaine Edmonds who looked really good during the regular season last year, best season of his career by far, Mm -hmm. but disappeared in the playoffs. I mean, he got bullied, punked out, thrown all over the football field against Cincinnati. And so did Ed Oliver, Mm -hmm. you know, these guys you load up and you spend these first round picks on defense and you're giving them, well, Tremaine walk, but a lot of these defensive guys have gotten second contracts money. And he talked about a philosophy shift. You got to load up. You got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's your best chance to win a championship, not the defense. You're going to have to outscore Burrow and Mahomes in the playoffs. Now you want your defense to make a couple stops. You know, if you yeah. get a turnover, awesome. But you got to load up on offense. You got to go keep getting weapons and more weapons and more weapons. And we're get, I think that's important for the Bills right now. Like I said, the, the old guys getting back to help is big for the defense. But offensively, man, you got to go out. You got to find a couple more weapons. Simple as that.
2: Yeah, it that's the whole part of this and it it goes back to everything that we talked about about how uh you know they it was easier to to try to get deep and win a title before Allen's contract kicked in and I I'm sure people are tired of hearing about that but like you know you haven't necessarily given them a ton of weapons to work. Diggs no. is great. Diggs is Diggs is incredible. Uh and it drove me nuts that like his first 2 years he wasn't targeted more. Uh, even though he's still put up incredible numbers, you know, it's just you know, he had a couple of binkies out there where it's like, no, 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 I'm just going to keep checking down and checking down and you know, ignoring digs so we can throw three yard slants underneath. Like, um, but you need to give him more. Like, Gabe Davis had all the opportunity in the world to be that guy, and you, how do you I don't know how you can trust him. I don't think you can, unless you know, unless he shows you something you know, in in camp where it's just like, oh, he's not dropping anything, he's focused, cool, then great, you're, you're you've got you've got a guy back, but. But they just haven't given him a ton. I mean, Knox is Knox is really good. Davis could be really good. I, I, I got, (laughs) I hated being the skeptic on him last year when everybody's like, oh, it's his breakout. He was so good against Kansas City. I'm like, yeah, well, that was a game. It was one game. It was one game. I know you were one of them, Pat. Because you're yeah. like, oh, it's his time. It's his time, and I'm like, well, that was one
1: really good game. Like, I was really, uh, I yeah, but absolutely. Yeah. I was one of them, and I was pretty bad last. Year. I still, I do think he was better than some people give him credit for. Yeah, I think he put up decent numbers for a number two receiver over the course of a year. But yeah, to your point, I think people expected eleven, twelve hundred yards, nine, ten, eleven touchdowns, including myself. Way fewer drops too, like big crucial drops, to drops big too. Moments, you know, um, very inconsistent. Right. So, at, I don't know, man. Like to me. He's the Victor Oladipo of, of, of the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> boy, is that true? God, boy, I'm good at these. I'm, Holy crap! The thing I...
2: <laughs> but like, I, like I look at it, and again, I know the Lions inside and out, so it's like I compare it. And I'm like, boy, the, what the Lions have offensively is way more than what what Buffalo has, and Buffalo's got a superior quarterback. Like, yeah.
1: imagine, imagine Allen quarterbacking the Lions' offense. Holy shit, dude! Like, yeah. I mean, come on. If you want another reason to to, to switch or to uh, draft a receiver very early. And or trade for a Hopkins, if he, besides having more weapons, also this is Gabe Davis's contract year. Which mm-hmm. on the good side, on the plus side, I will say one last thing here about the Bills: players tend to play in the NFL their best season when there's a contract year, like Jermaine Evans this past year, and then he goes and gets his bag. Ed Oliver wants to get paid. Yeah. Go on, that's why I don't you're not trading him. You no. want get a great year out of him, and then if he mm-hmm. goes and signs a ridiculous contract somewhere. There's your third round. There's a third round pick in comp, you know. Mm-hmm. Gabe Davis, his last year, contract year. He hasn't earned a big contract right now. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be out to earn one. These are things mm-hmm. that can play in well, you know, bode well for the Buffalo Bills. But yeah, man, go get a weapon. Oh, wait, real quick, one last thing. Wrestling. Yes. What happened to you, man? I, I told you about WrestleMania this weekend. You're like, is this, this weekend? Were you being was that tongue in cheek
2: with me? No, no, I was very I was deadly Is it actually this weekend?
1: WrestleMania, baby, Saturday and Sunday night. Is Cody Rhodes gonna beat Roman Reigns? You're doing yeah, all the yeah, wrestling, probably. right? I, I don't I, like it. I agree with you. I don't like it though. He probably is, but I
2: don't know. Like they they've done all this stuff with Roman to build him up so much. And like he's he's the best thing they have going right now. I, and they're force feeding like Cody and like it's I hate it. I get it. Like they spent a bunch of money to bring him in. They wanted to stick it to AD blah 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 blah. All that nonsense. But like, come on, man. Like you if they were going to put somebody over, it was Sammy and they didn't do it. Right. So, I agree, man. You know, like, I, I I don't know, man, like it,
1: I have the very lady, little faith in lady. what they
2: do. And like, I don't know. It just feels like it's been preordained for a long time. Like basically since they brought him in that he was going to be the guy. And then Sammy, the whole Sammy storyline blows up and you're like, oh, that's your guy. That's, that's the guy you reward with the belt. Let him, let him have a run for a little bit.
1: And then no, they didn't. I I just feel like, in, in fairness to him, being hurt and being out all those months hurt him. But I feel like he hasn't paid, enough. like this, he hasn't struggled enough. Like he's the babyface, you know. And yeah. I don't think he's a very good wrestler. I do think he's a great promo. He's a great talker, mm-hmm. and he reminds me of an old school '80s kind of character. You know what yeah. I mean? Like a true mm-hmm. legit babyface. And you don't see like even like Seth Rollins said he's probably one of the most popular wrestlers, but. You no, know, they're like shades of gray. You know what I mean? Yep. There's heel tendencies to these baby faces. Cody yep. Rhodes is the classic baby face. So I get the character stuff. His matches with Seth were great. Wrestling with the Torn Pack was awesome.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Went in the World Rumble, but he hasn't really he hasn't struggled enough. I, I don't think he should be the one to beat Roman Reigns. He could let like, give me a screw job finish. I don't care. Maybe yep. someone knew that we're not expecting joins the bloodline. Somebody mm-hmm. brought up a point which is far-fetched is not going to happen, but it is kind of wild where Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens, look at us talking wrestling. now. Yeah, Sammy Zanes and Kevin Owens would lose to the Usos on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Sammy Zayn would actually turn on Cody Rhodes and get back with the bloodline. That would be awesome, but it's not going to happen. No, but anyway, find a way to screw him over. Just let Cody Rhodes struggle for a while or, or you know, it's just, he, he hasn't been the underdog long enough to me, and he shouldn't be the guy to beat Roman Reigns. I think Seth Rollins should be. Keep the belt on Roman for even up to another year. And right around Mm. Royal Rumble time next year, Seth Rollins has earned it. First of all, he's way over with the fans. He's Mm. a great wrestler and he's carried the company on his back for long stretches. He should have been the dude, in my opinion, that ultimately beats Roman Reigns, not Cody Rhodes.
2: I think if if Cody doesn't get it this weekend, which I'm fully expecting that he will, if he doesn't get get it this weekend, I think it's going to be SummerSlam then because yeah. that's the, that's like the other big one you know i I, it,
1: I don't know it's i expect them to lose all the gold the bloodline which sucks because i wanted them to be chance for forever i do i still walk into the bars joe I, if you're yeah. watching this on video i still raise my hand with with the widow ones <laughs> i act like i'm 15 years old so it's fine
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is where, like i've just been out of the loop on wwe stuff like i i've well, been keeping up busy. more on well it, yes very busy um and then, like you know, checking out AEW stuff because they they've been bringing some matches where I'm like, oh, okay, all right, like, like they've been having Kenny Omega doing his uh, his solo his solo matches, getting him back because he's been he yeah injured for a bit. So they're finally getting him back into it. And They're bringing everybody out of the woodwork to to go against. it. this this kid uh, Vikingo, that he went against last week.
1: I, I saw highlights. He, so it was the unbelievable. Ter- the
2: term match of the year gets thrown around like crazy all the time, dude. Yeah. It's, it's way up there <laughs> and then like it's gonna be like him and jeff cobb i think wednesday so it's cobb's a hell of a worker too I, I, I don't know feels like a, it feels like AEW is more blue collar style but with sure like, some very high-end talent um but it's definitely for it's for the it's i don't know uh, like the i don't know if it's the smarks or like the uh the, the super nerds like it feels like AEW's is for the super nerds and if you want to get like entertained that's what wwe is for but yeah, I don't know. I'm I tend to fall in the super nerd category because yeah, storylines, I whatever it doesn't affect me one way or the other. But local boy Daniel Garcia going against Adam Cole Wednesday, that's gonna be fun.
1: It is all right, guys. That's going to do it for this show. Hopefully, Joe will watch some WrestleMania so that we can spend at least a couple <laughs> minutes next uh, <laughs> next week talking about it. Make sure you follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Go check out Noted Hockey on Substack, he's got a link to it in his profile. I'm telling you, folks, seriously. The story about Labushkin today was awesome. I, I really liked it. You blended your own opinions well with quotes from Kyle Post. So I, I thought the story was was really good. By the way, we're finishing this taping. Well, it's not Monday night anymore. It's Tuesday morning. 1 13 This will be out in a couple hours in Joe's day. We started at practice, then the game, yeah. then this podcast. I know you did a radio spot in Montreal I did. or for Montreal Radio earlier on Monday afternoon, too. Probably still not done. Still got some wedding <laughs> stuff to do as do. well. But <laughs> I appreciate
2: you as always, buddy. Thanks, man. It was, it was fun. It was worth staying up to talk about all this stuff and get caught
1: up and finally talk to you. It's been a while. All right, guys. And I'll be back with a brand new episode. Buffalo Bills Mock Trap Version 2 with Aaron Quinn tomorrow. Talk to you soon.